everybody. Welcome to Musicology, the podcast that gets behind how music's made. I'm your host, K-Mac, where we'll dive inside how creativity happens and the tips, tricks, and secrets behind some artists that I'd like you to get to know better. So stay tuned as we unpack the suitcase of rock. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to K-Mac's Musicology. Uh, K-Mac here, also known as Kevin McKee. I have the distinct honor of uh, interviewing Russell K. today. And uh, Russell's been involved in many projects over the years, but uh, I'll let Russell introduce what we're going to talk about today and the, the project he's currently working on, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into the art that is, uh, that is his music. Russell, welcome. Hey, welcome. What's up? What's up, K-Mac? How you doing, man? Cheers. It's nice to, nice to hear your voice during these uh, strange times we all live in. Yeah, man. Thank goodness for, for technology. I feel like I've been able to catch up with more people while we've been quarantined through like Zoom and and now Facebook Messenger or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever way we're talking right now. So this is cool. Thank you. Thank you for for wanting to talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, I've been a big fan of your art for years, as are many people in the tri-state area and, and probably you. even further. So it's uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to you about uh, not only what you're working on today, but... Uh, let's get a glimpse behind who you are as an artist and what kind of formed your taste and, uh, okay. and you're coming up and that kind of thing. So without further ado, let's, let's dive in with a couple easy questions. I, I can tell we're all lounging on a Sunday afternoon here. What kind of cocktail are you, uh, sipping on tonight? Well, I'm drinking on, uh, some vodka and seltzer. Sweet. So I'll, ha- I'll have a little cerveza myself. So cheers. Magnificent, and, uh, clink and long, clink, clinky and long distance three high fives as the, yes, yes, indeed. Goes. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to, uh, to talk about, you know, you, you've obviously been in a number of bands that have been not only critically acclaimed, but prize win you know, award winning. <laughs> no, it's true. You've won. That's weird to think about. But it's true. You've won a lot of battle bands, music Armageddon's and various things over the years, uh, played a lot of cool gigs. Tell, tell me about the project you're working on uh, today and, and what people need to know about that. Uh, well, so right now. Um, I'm in the process of promoting uh, another solo album. Uh, the, la- the last four years, I've put out an album on May 23rd. I've just always really liked the numbers five and 23. So in uh, 2017, the first one I put out, um, just kind of started working on some songs, learned to play a couple instruments, uh, a couple more instruments. And started working on some like sample beats and, and things like that, really getting into like my, my old school hip hop bag kind of thing. And uh, it just kind of blossomed into something else. So I, I, right now I'm working on an album. The album is called 32nd revolution. Uh, Cause it's going to, you know, I'm going to be 31 when the album comes out. So I'll be on my 32nd revolution around the sun. So I think it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, another way to incorporate those numbers. Very cool. And uh, I heard you mention you're playing a few new instruments. Do you want to dive in and talk about what you, what's inspired you and what you've learned that's new? Yeah. So like for, for these, you know, for these solo albums and stuff like that, um, in the past, I, you know, on stage, I'd only played acoustic guitar and then a little bit dabbled with keys and stuff like that. But, you know, it, uh, since then, I, I've really worked on playing drums and just kind of listening to songs and listening to songs I like and mimicking those drum patterns and learning the way that people put drum patterns together and things like that and just kind of coming up with different ways to uh to try and record that so then 
down in, in the basement of me and Carly's home, my, me and my fiance, Carly, uh, you know, we, we have a whole studio set up and mm-hmm. I have the whole drum set. Shout out to Shay, Shay Diggs for hooking me up with the drum set. And, uh, you know, I, I've just been working with that and really getting, get trying to get better at writing songs that have more parts. Okay. Not just writing a song that's, you know, like a constant loop where, you know, I could just rap over the same thing for 30 minutes or, or 30 seconds, obviously, well, 30 minutes, whatever. But uh, the the drums was kind of a huge thing for me to tackle because I could do like, you know, the simple, I, I feel like for a, for a little bit, all of the drum beats I, would, I was playing was exact, were exactly the same. Okay. Um, and, and it's kind of like, it takes, I don't know, it just takes a little bit more for my brain to try to come up with new drum patterns as opposed to just playing the same thing to the music. Yeah. Cause like I've also, I've, I've played drums like recording with Carly with less than five mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So like those songs I'm able to, I feel like it's easier to come up with a different drum pattern because I'm playing off of someone else. Whereas when I'm just writing drums for my own song, it's like tricky to come up with a different drum pattern that I don't know. It just like doesn't work with my brain. Sometimes it's, I don't know. It's like a whole weird thing that I have to try and think about every time I I like write a song. Like I either write the drums with another instrument in mind Mm -hmm. or I write with that instrument and then I do the drums after. So like, for example, there's like a, there's a song on, my last solo album, which was called Old Sugarfoot Quesadilla Turns 30. And I got my friend Shay to rap on it, and it's called When the Turntables. And uh, it ha- it has a beat where the bass is, it, it, like, it, it does like a different pattern than just like the normal one, two, three, four. Like it's like a, I, I, I don't so it's more like a different meter maybe than a standard 4-4 kind of a song. Well, no, it's definitely still a 4-4. It's just putting accents in different places, I think, is the is the word I'm looking for. It's it, mm-hmm. it's finding the different places to accent based on different instruments. And it's like having that instrument playing in your head while you're playing something else mm-hmm. is, I don't know, it's just, it, it's something that I've gotten... I've, I've been having a lot of fun doing that. That's great. Is what I'm saying. That, that's kind of my favorite thing about doing these solo songs like all of the songs are very i don't know they're just i i feel like for a lack of a better word it's kind of self-indulgent like it's just like i sit there and like it's just me playing around like it's just talking about whatever i want to and playing however i want to so it's uh it's it's cool and uh you know yeah absolutely and i think you just dropped a video on uh, facebook of one of your tunes that just came out correct that's true um the song, so the plan that I basically devised the day before we, uh, before I posted the song and like before Carly and I made the video was that right now, uh, yesterday would have been five Saturdays before the album comes out on May 23rd. Mm-hmm. So the plan was I got my friend Seth Paula to draw artwork for the album that's going to be the album cover and it's beautiful i'm so so excited about it like when he sent it to me it was exactly what i was looking for what i'm gonna do is 
every Saturday leading up to it, starting yesterday, mm-hmm. I'm going to release like progress pictures of what he's drawn. So then each time I do it, I'm just going to release like a song that I've done in the meantime. So the song that I released yesterday, which I call Quarantine Dreams, mm-hmm. um, I just wrote it kind of on a whim. Uh, two, yeah, two, two days before releasing it. Um, I is since I work from home, which I was working from home before all this quarantine stuff, but since I work from home, I listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. and I randomly decided uh, on a Thursday, I was, I was on Spotify to, I have like the Spotify premium so I could just listen to music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking up the producer Ali Shahi Muhammad who produced all of the music for, uh, or a lot of the music for a tribe called quest. Yeah. So I I was looking him up and it suggested a playlist that he was on Mm -hmm. and the playlist was called kitchen swagger. And I was just like really intrigued by that title Mm -hmm. because it's just like such a random thing. Like, what does that even mean? What is, what does kitchen swagger mean i feel like i might be i I don't know if i'm like missing something but (laughs) i like to listen to music while i'm in the kitchen so like i started listening to this playlist and uh one of the songs that was on it was this song called bad bad news by leon bridges okay are are you familiar with that artist i haven't heard it yet but i'm gonna go check it out he's a he's he's uh i i listened to a few songs but i i was listening to the song it's like a real funky jam and like it's a great song and i heard this one part that i was like that's the that's the loop. Like I want to, I want to make that, I want to rap over that. So mm-hmm. I downloaded the song and I, um, I, you know, made a beat real quick. I chopped it up. I made the beat and I just kind of sat here and I listened to it for a few hours. And after lit, like, you know, I slowly wrote verses and I was just writing verses about what was going on. Like I was talking about the quarantine and how there are people that don't think that the quarantine is a great idea mm-hmm. and you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And, but you know, my, my song was kind of about just what was going on in my mind at the time, as I listened to this, this, uh, this sample that I flipped and uh, I, you know, we had a bunch of time on our hands. So I was like, Hey Carly, will you use your, you know, well, I have iMovie on my laptop Will you uh, will you record this on your phone real quick? I'm gonna set up some of my action figures and shit, and we're gonna make this this music video. How do you feel about that? And she was like, "Yeah, I'm in." And then she like helped way more. Like she was real. She's very directorial. Well, I have to say, I I was enamored by the whole staircase with the action figures. Man, that was pretty cool. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Those are my those are my childhood toys. So I'm um, I'm very happy that. Uh, that my mom shout out to the Lindenator that my mom asked me to come over and pick toys up out of the garage or she was selling them. I was like, cool, I'm going to come get all those right on. So now we have them here and I'm able to put them in all of our, all of my music videos. It, it certainly turned out pretty cool. So uh, congrats on another great tune. Um, Thank you. I dug Thanks, that man. One, man. Yeah. But, but hold on, wait, what I was going to say was mm-hmm. this song is not related to the album. So the album is all songs where I played the instruments. Like I, I played all the instruments and all that stuff. It's all original music. Mm-hmm. But during these five weeks leading up to the album, I'm going to drop songs that are like sample based, just kind of 
like remixes and 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 different things like that. So it's going to be stuff that's not on the album. Cool idea. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do every week. That's uh, thanks, K-Mac. that's that's a, that's a you know it's a novel thing. I haven't seen really anybody else do that kind of approach. So uh, looking to looking forward to seeing what the, the mind of Russell and Carly come up with uh, over the next five weeks or so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something, I think. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, I'm glad you're uh, getting into new instrumentation and, and digging down to the drums. But you, you know, something you said just a moment ago, uh, you kind of as a nice segue to a. Uh, the next topic I wanted to cover, which is, you know, you, you were talking about your childhood toys and how they, they featured in this, this video, but you know, everybody comes into this world, they're born and then some of us discover music and it, it really hits us hard. And we decide, wow, this is something we'd like to do or pursue as a, as, as a person. And uh, what's interesting to me is to ask, like, what, do you remember your earliest memory of music that where you just said, wow, this is, got me by the tail or this is what I'm going to do, or this has inspired me to be a musician. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I can tell you the first memory that I have with music. I feel like I have, you know, I, I have a lot of memories of music all through my life, but the first time that I like wanted to make music, is that kind of what you're looking for? Is that sure? That make more sense. It's your answer. It's all good. That's a good point. It is my answer. I guess I get to decide. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, well, whatever comes to mind is is probably cool. I remember being in high school and I you know, at, when you're like 14, 15, you like music, but you don't really like you don't really know music. You know what I mean? You you just like the music that you've encountered, but you haven't really had the chance to really encounter all of the music that's out there. So when I was in high school, the thing that really got me into music and into learning to play the guitar was theater. Mm-hmm. So like I, uh, I, I was I was in the drama club in at Glasgow High School when I was there, and I was in a, I was in two plays and four musicals while I was in high school, and um, that kind of like though those experiences got me in touch with the chorus teacher whose name is Mr. Selfo and uh mm-hmm. Mr. Selfo taught chorus and he was also the guitar teacher so i remember my my freshman year i tried out for the play which was the outsiders you, you know the book the outsiders absolutely yeah, yeah. So I was, I was just, uh, I was like a random stoch during the brawl scene mm-hmm. when, uh, when Johnny kills the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yes, I know the scene. Yeah, see, you remember K Mac. You know, I feel like you're, you're kind of like a Dally kind of guy. I feel like that's you. I like Salvador Dally. He's, he's the man. No, no, isn't that the guy's name in The Outsiders? Oh yeah, but I also like Salvador Dally. Oh, okay. Well, feel, okay. All right. You, you, okay. All right. You took what I was saying and took it somewhere else. That's cool. I like that. But theater's a big deal. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get their start in either church music or theater or, you know, I've heard, I've done a couple of these interviews and it's, it's interesting. This theme is repeating itself. So you're, you're not alone. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So like, so, so freshman year, I, I tried out for, uh, for the musical and it was, oh man, I can't believe it. It, it was it was Annie get your gun and mm-hmm. 
I was a freshman in high school, so I looked like a little kid. And uh, I got the role of Annie Oakley's little brother, Lil Jake. But, like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sing. I was like, I don't know. So, like, I, I had to then, I got into chorus class to, like, learn how to sing and get better. Mm-hmm. And then that was what ended up getting me into guitar class. And, like, you know, it kind of went from there. Oh, that's that's a cool story, man. I Because I, everybody gets bitten by the bug in a different way. And it's, uh, I always find it fascinating to see how people, you know, got into music as their initial thing. That's a great answer. Thanks. So uh, how, how about first records? Do you remember hearing any music that was uh, the first music you, like back when people used to pay for music? Did, was there something you saved up to buy or something you downloaded first or anything that, that struck you first is like, wow, this is what I want to do? Um, I remember <laughs> for like my, my 10th or 11th birthday, when is 2001, 11th birthday, my sister bought me Dr. Dre's The Chronic 2001. Such a but, great record. But it was the edited version because <laughs> I was only 11. Oh no. So like... You know, it, it, obviously, you're familiar with the record. I also own yeah. it now on vinyl, and there's like, yeah, <laughs> there's like a a ten inch wide <laughs> marijuana leaf on the cover. Yeah. But when you bought the edited version, it was just it just like said censored <laughs> all over it. <laughs> so I had I had the CD that was like ultra censored, and. Some of the songs I didn't even hear until I was in like my twenties, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's what he was saying!" Like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" But one thing that was always super funny about that is, you know, the song uh, "The Next Episode." Yep. With Snoop Dogg. Yeah, with Snoop. Yeah. There's there's a part where Dr. Dre says, um, uh, "He says uh, so, uh, something to drink on and to smoke on." And go home with something to poke on. And like, <laughs> clearly, that's a ridiculous line in itself. But on the edited version, they bleep out the word poke. But the ad lib is Dr. Dre saying, sup, bitch. <laughs> so and that, like, that's the clean version. Okay. Yes, the clean version. So they bleep out the word poke. So it's something to drink on, something to on. And go home with something to on, sup, bitch. And like, I just always remember that being like the funniest thing to me when I was a kid. Cause like, obviously, I knew what they like. Oh, I thought I knew what they were saying. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> the the fact that the ad lib was still there when he says sup, bitch. Like, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Like, we can say that. That means it's fine. It wasn't bleeped out on my album. <laughs> I guess Tipper Gore missed that one. I think Tipper Gore did miss that one. You're right. So I, I think that was the first time that I was like, oh, hip, like hip hop. Hip hop is cool. I like this. I like this stuff. Yeah. I remember when that record uh, dropped, I was like totally enamored. Uh, guys of that era, they just changed the face of music and turned turned the scene on its ear, you know? Some of the East Coast stuff too. Biggie Small, those guys. Yeah. Can I actually, can I, can I make an addendum to what I just said? Please do. I also remember, so I have my cousin, my cousin Carmen is a DJ in New Jersey and he's done, well, back when I was in Weekday Warriors, he did 
scratching on a couple of the songs that was on our album uppers downers and all arounders love that record and yeah so he, he did the scratching on bungalow lifes and uh the 90s john and um i remember when i was like so this was 1998 so i would have been nine mm-hmm. he did a couple mixes that had a bunch of dmx songs mm-hmm. and they were the dmx songs from it's dark and hell is hot which is to this day one of one of my favorite albums of all time and like you put that on and i will accomplish anything i'll do the mm-hmm. dishes <laughs> that shit gets me motivated mm-hmm. like i'm ready to work when you put that album on as soon as the intro happens i'm ready but i remember hearing that album when i was like nine and i feel like that was probably the first time that i was like oh this rap and stuff is cool like i like this this mm-hmm. is this is something that's very interesting. Is there anything particular that they grabbed you about that particular record or DMX's style, or was it just the whole experience? I mean, being a kid, the thing that was most fascinating to me was the barking for sure. (laughs) I was like, wow, he just seamlessly barked and then said a word right after it. But now knowing that a lot of those barks were bleeps for the curses, (laughs) um, like, I, I don't think that there was anything that jumped out at me like stylistically, like I wasn't thinking about it artistically as a kid. I the, the first time that I thought about it was probably like when I was saying when I was in high school that I thought about music like actually doing it. But that was the first time that I was like, rap music is cool when I heard DMX. I was like, this is dope. Like, I, I like this. Like, th- this is something that I want to listen to. I want to hear other people that make music like this. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, so there. It sounds like that was like a uh, the gateway that opened up, and and you got to get familiar with a lot of different uh, people in the hip hop and rap world. Correct. Well, I don't think that that I don't think so because I didn't have, you know, it it was nineteen ninety eight, so I didn't have access to, I didn't have access to the music that I wanted to hear. So I was only like I was only listening to the music that my sister was listening to, okay. who is seven or eight years older than seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. So like I, I was only hearing that. I, I wasn't at the that. That's why I was saying like when you're in high school, when you you know when you're fifteen, sixteen, that's when you start like really researching music and like looking into other music and finding things. Whereas when I was a kid, I was only exposed to the music that was around me. I see. So like I heard DMX, but also like my dad was a huge Earth, Wind and Fire fan. Oh, love so guys. I also listened to a bunch of that. So like there wasn't when I was a kid, there wasn't a chance to go and, you know, research hip hop music the way that I could just go on Spotify and type in right. 90s hip hop and look up, you know, every artist. It, it, you couldn't do that then. Holy shit! How old do I sound, Kevin? Well, it, you know, it, 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 <laughs> you couldn't do that back then. <laughs> well, it, it, it's remarkable how technology has changed music, and yeah. and vice versa. You know, music's changed technology. Uh, but but I True. think I think there is a lot we take for granted. But there's a lot that uh, I, I remember hearing things on television or or even the radio back because I'm a little bit older than you, obviously. Uh, you know, so those things would shine out of like the darkness and they, they'd catch your attention and, you know, make you inspired to want to be like the, you know, your idols kind of a thing. That's what got me to pick up the guitar and got me into 
I was into disco, funk, and rock when I was younger, uh, much in the same way you were. And a lot of those bands you mentioned, like Earth, Winds, and Fire, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I mean, one of my all-time favorites, Chic. Oof. I mean, Nile Rodgers is an amazing dude. Yeah. Anyway. I got to see Nile Rodgers live. Cool. And uh, he, he played with The Roots. Like, he played Backed by The Roots. It was incredible. It was at The Roots Picnic. Another great in, band, yeah. In New York, yeah. Yeah, I saw him uh, open up for Duran Duran, and it should have been the other way around at the uh, oh wow BB and T and Camden. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, he buried them. Um, he, yeah, he was, and he had just beat cancer, and he told this inspirational story, and just the musicianship and the hit after hit after hit was just stunning. What a, what a guy! Yeah, like he would he would just be like, oh yeah, remember I did this one too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then he did remember with... that other song you danced to when you were 16. I did that one. And then I made David Bowie even more famous too on top of that. Right. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's quite a guy and, and you know, I, I dabble in a lot of genres, everything from down tempo chill to uh, dance music from Ibiza, Spain, you know, and uh, rock of course, and, and hip hop and, and, and rap. But uh, are there any uh, guilty pleasures in your uh, listening experience that also maybe shaped you from like the rock side or another genre that you might be coy about talking about, but certainly influenced your your taste in music? Um, I've always been a firm believer that when it comes to music, you shouldn't have guilty pleasures. Like it should just be mute. Like if you like it, you like it. Cool. But I feel like probably the one that I would say is a guilty pleasure was that when I was a little bit younger, I used to be like a huge Kesha fan. Oh yeah. And I, I still am. I'm going to be honest. Her new music is still really good. Um, but like when I was younger, me and my sister used to listen to that stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my jam. Like I, I was, that, that was definitely the thing that I was the most into that mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't tell anybody, but now I'm telling everybody. Well, and then she also did a great favor to the local music scene by uh, doing one of her videos, I think. At, at oh Oddity yeah, that's Bar, right, right at Oddity Bar. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, yeah. I was I was really mad at Pat when he didn't tell me. Well, I was yeah. like, damn, dude, like you could have let me know. I could have just been like hanging out. He had to keep it on the down low, I think, right? I understand. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't really mad at him. I, I, know, I was just, just like you know giving him a hard time because that's what I do. But that's pretty cool that she took time to do that and uh, give spotlight to a, a a venue that gives a lot of original artists a legitimate place to not have to play covers and do their thing. So absolutely, both he and Matt Morissette at eighty four have been, you know, we've been giving shouts out to them and the Jackson. Yeah, Inn shout and, out to both of those and, guys and our Gillis. and Andrea and everybody that works at both of those places. Right, and I've been doing my pitch. Uh, nobody gets to go to bars anymore, so every. I see some GoFundMe's and if I would have spent 50 bucks at the bar on beers, buying people beers, I try to throw my, throw my nickels in when I can to help, you know, people get through this tough time. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that there's like there, I, I think that there was a page that was like a tip jar for oddity bar. And I mm -hmm. think that there might be something like that for, uh, for 84. But I know if you go and get uh, gift cards to those places, that'll really help them out. So yep. whatever, you know, everybody can do. I don't know when, this is going to be posted to the Spotify's, but mm -hmm. if this is still going on, you know, try and help those guys out. Cause it is really important. Like if, if it wasn't for those places, I, I wouldn't be able to do like, I can, 
sometimes it's kind of like, it, as you can see, it's difficult for me to articulate how lucky I feel that I have, you know, like a, a, a friendship with Pat and with Matt that I can hit them up and I can set up shows with bands from out of town and exactly. with, you know, that they, they trust me to do stuff like that. It's, it's really, it's just really humbling. Like, it's really nice. It's really great to have that. And, and I, I just, I just, while this has been going on, it's all I can think about. Like I, it's interesting enough that we didn't have any shows booked during this time. Mm -hmm. I had a show booked on March 7th mm -hmm. that I played at uh, 1984. So it was um, Harvey Road, right, which is a band right from right here in Delaware. Shout out to my boy Lucky. The other band was a band from Philly called Ex-Presidents. Uh, really nice to meet those guys. It, it's funny, like we were trying to set up a show with them last summer but it didn't end up working out because I cut my hand mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to play the guitar for a long time. You and Yanis um, from Foles. What's that? You and Yanis from Foles. Same, same problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, was he also trying to open a glass cigar tube and he cut his hand? No, it was some kind of blood brother thing with his cousin in Greece. It was a weird story. Uh, so it was a little bit different. It was than more what of an I accident. Had. Yeah, both accidents, though. Okay. And then also that show had No Siri. Mm -hmm. Shout out to No Siri. I was actually wearing his T-shirt in the music video I put out yesterday for Quarantine Dreams. The Happy Harry's joint was a shirt that he made. Very cool. So, so Russell, you know, 84 and, and Oddity are certainly uh, great places for original music. Uh, also, I noticed Argilla's has really been a, an interesting place lately. Uh, yeah, man. Pete, Pete at Argilla is great. He, he really... He knows, you know, he knows the local music and he knows who to get in there. And like he he does it directly with the bands. It's it's really nice. I've I've known Pete. Pete used to be a bartender at Mojo. Mm -hmm. uh, probably East End before that. Yeah, yeah. Probably East End before that. And he was the bartender when I first started going to open mic at Mojo Main. So like I've known him for a really long time. Me and him used to go up on stage together and bands would play and i would like freestyle rap and then pete would like freestyle metal vocal over top of it. like he would like growl and shit awesome and, oh man it was so much fun though those were the days like the the, the days when mojo main existed mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun i don't think i would have met a lot of you guys without mojo that's exactly where i met kirby uh, Moore. and if i hadn't met kirby wow. Moore, i probably wouldn't have met you so mojo had shout out to shakirby yeah his wrist don't lie <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's what's interesting to me about your music is I, I've seen you play in a number of different uh, bands. You're still involved in a couple besides the solo record that we're talking about today. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the other projects that you're currently involved in as well? Yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, Reverse Giraffe is is kind of on an indefinite hiatus. Okay. Um, you know, Mitch, uh, back when we did the Halloween show, Mitch uh, was stepping away from the band. So we decided that we were going to put things on hold with that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I am still playing with Less Than Five. Mm -hmm. um, me, Carly, uh, Mike Glessner, and Melissa Forsythe. Fantastic musicians, uh, all of them. Yeah, oh my gosh. I love playing with them so much. Like, honestly, it, it's it's something like, there's something really special. It's the dream. 
Yeah, yeah. Like there's something really special about being in a band with two of your best friends. You know, like that's mm-hmm. the dream. Like the mm-hmm. the four of us <clears throat> will have band practice and there will be times where we'll like schedule a band practice. They'll come over the house, they'll bring they'll bring Bron, the their dog, and dog. we'll end up just hanging out mm-hmm. and won't even go down and play music until like four hours after they've been here. You know, like we just we'll get lost in conversation. And like, I think that there's something there's something really special about that. And, you know, mm-hmm. like playing music with with those people. And and I'm I'm really looking forward to I feel like this quarantine really put the kibosh on like what we were planning on doing. But mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to creating music with them. You know, like I the the songs that Less Than Five has been doing up to this point have been songs that Carly and I have written together or Carly is written and I've added other instruments after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's never been a song where the four of us have collaborated and come up with something together. Well, they do, uh, they do come up, yeah, they do write their own parts and stuff, but there's right. no, and, and like, obviously that's a thing, but the, you know, following something, but there's, there's something to being able to sit down and, come up with something together mm-hmm. kind that of organically. Is, that, that's right that's very special mm-hmm. and i'm looking forward to being able to do that with them you know the the right as the quarantine was starting we we were lucky enough to have them come over and visit one day like as you know everybody right right as things were getting kind of weird kind of serious yeah yeah, yeah. so we we were able to have one last night of the four of us hanging out with Braun and mm-hmm. me and Mike were downstairs in the basement playing music at like two in the morning. And we, we were just, we, we were able to have a really good night. And like, I feel like that was, that was a really, really special thing to have right before all of this kind of downtime. Like, I feel like I, I really miss seeing people, you know, like it's weird not being able to go out and hang out with your friends. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, but it, you know, in the same breath, uh, what I took, what I take from this too, is I've seen less than five before they joined and and after, and you guys were a great band before that, but they do really bring something, uh, there's definitely a synergy among the four of you guys. Absolutely. Well, shout out to Mike and Melissa there. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Hey guys. Lucky to know them both. Um, hello from the past. (laughs) because you're listening to this at some point in the future right i hope you guys are having a good day shout out to melissa for making all those masks for people she's delivering them she's helping people out you know keeping everyone safe and shout out to mike for just being a sexy dude (laughs) right melissa is also involved in the record business quite a bit and uh, i think they're still records yeah. yeah i think they're still shipping vinyl for those of you who are looking for something to do that is correct. Shout out to Rainbow Records. Right. Indeed. So, you know, uh, you, you kind of hinted at that getting together with those guys. You know, I, I miss playing with people, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to give people some connection to music and trying to fill the gap while we all wait for whatever whatever happens over time. Thank you. But, uh, no, thank you guys for joining. Uh, but No, Kevin, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Don't do this with me. Yeah, we're like those chipmunks on the Warner Brothers cartoon. Anyway, uh, so so uh, the, create, the creative process is something you hinted at earlier. Like, you were looking forward to working with Mike and Melissa and Carly, 
in the same room. And uh, how does the creative process work for you as a solo artist or in groups you've been in? Is there a particular formula or a way that things work for you? Um, there isn't, I wouldn't say that there's a particular formula, but basically what happens is something will, something that happens in my day-to-day life will inspire me to either write music or write lyrics. Mm -hmm. So when I say like in my day-to-day life, I mean like when I'm, I don't know, just doing stuff or like if I'm watching something or if I'm reading a comic, like a lot of my songs uh, come from comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like really into comics. So a lot of my song, well, I guess not so much on, on this newest album, but in the past, a lot of my songs were influenced by comics and a lot of comic references and, and, and things like that. And sci-fi um, too. I think that was one of my favorite ways you weave right. super hip hop in with sci-fi and comic book stuff. It was very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the, in the same breath, sci-fi in a sense is, you know, science fiction could be from the comics and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. All, all of that. Um, but like this, for, for example, like the newest album, a lot of the songs have come from thinking about being 30, you know, about to be 31 mm-hmm. and writing songs about comic books. Like, if that makes sense, like I'm at a certain point, I, I kind of like had a conversation, you know, with myself that's like, are you too old to do this? Like, are you too old to keep talking about, you know, these same things and, and what, what makes this different than last year? Mm -hmm. So a lot of like, a lot of what I wrote for the, for this new album is about, um, is about time. And it's about, um, making sure that you're doing the things that you want to be doing during your time. Like you only have, you know, a human being only has a finite amount of time. And are you spending that time the way that you want to spend it? And and I feel like that's, that kind of took the, like that really took the lead with a lot of the songs. Like one of the songs uh, that I plan on releasing on Cinco de Mayo Mm -hmm. is a song about seizing the day. And the chorus of the song is, you know, it, it kind of takes the when life gives you lemonade or when life gives you lemons, when life gives you lemonade. <laughs> make a lemon tonic uh, vodka. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it's like, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But right. my, my song is when life gives you limes, make tacos. So it's <laughs> like, it, you know, it's, it's the same idea. It's, you know, you only have this time. So like, are you are you complaining about not having the opportunity to do the things that you want, or are you just doing the things that you want? Are you spending that time doing what you want to do? You know, and that's, that's kind of what a lot of the songs that, that another song is, is about time going by, you know, and it's, it's, it's told from the point of view of the song because that song will always exist in the time when it was made, you know, right. Like even if somebody listens to it in 2025, that song still exists 
in 2019 when I recorded it, like that's, you know, that's when it was. So it's just like, like I, the, the, the creative process is basically just my observations on life mm-hmm. set to the music that I think fits with it. So let's uh, dive into the track limes and we'll pick up on the other side of the snippet of the track. I'll play. One life to live, and while I know it's really nice to sit, kick back and relax for a bit. As the world turns, it's going to shit. Let that be the fertilizer. Fertile minds sprout buds behind the synthesizer. Drums are like the miracle grow. So here I go, trying to stay positive. Create ethereal flows, they hear it and froze. Cause when I spiritual yo, it's something that they never really hear at the shows. I grab the microphone and preach carpe diem. Every day starts with my heart rate speeding. No, we gotta answer. Reality is I was never say that you can. If you ain't got into the fire, you can't say it, they can't. Because it's like in all the lives like a halogen lamp. So if you're feeling like it's dark and it's damp, sign on the dotted line just like your name's on a stamp. And if we do it all together, we could all be the champ and make the timeline skyrocket like it's leaving a ramp. When life gives you limes, make tacos, make tacos, make, make tacos. When life gives you limes, make tacos, make tacos, make, make tacos. When life gives you limes, make tacos, make tacos, make, make tacos. I said when life gives you limes, make tacos, make tacos, make, make tacos. Hello, new day, prepare to be seized. So that was just Russell's uh, latest track, Limes. Uh, he'll give you details on how to get access to that and his other tunes at the end of the podcast. It's a very cool track, Russell. Uh, it begs the question, how do you really uh, make the creative process happen? Do the words come first, or is it sometimes the beat or the music that you know starts the song, or what, what generates that process for you, or is it a mix? Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh I think it's pretty split. There are some times where I'll I'll like hear a word that I just really like and I like the rhythm of it and I'm like, "Oh, snap, I need to write a verse where I use that word." Okay. And then I'll just, you know, I'll write lyrics and then I'll come up with music afterwards. With this solo album, with the album 32nd Revolution, all of these songs, the music came first. Mm-hmm. So I think that what, like I tried to make it so the music was more dynamic and there were more, there were more parts. It's not just like, I, I think I was saying earlier, it's not just loops. It's not just finding a groove and staying there and like slightly changing it. Like the songs have a specific, like, verse chorus bridge you know like Mm -hmm. there's there's like a there's like a distinct change in them and and i tried to make sure that each of them were different Mm -hmm. so then i wrote the lyrics to follow that that makes a lot of sense it sounds like you're stretching your wings a bit in terms of song song structure trying to yeah yeah that's that's great is it any different when you write with others as opposed to the solo record like i know you collaborate a lot with your fiance Carly and, and, and the band members we talked about earlier from less than five and others. Uh, is that process um, same or different? It's, it's definitely different because when, when I'm, I mean, when I'm playing all the, I mean, it's obviously different because when I'm playing all the instruments, I'm, I'm controlling all of the variables. Like I, I do like the idea of playing with other people because I feel like sometimes music is, 
the interaction of different people, you know, like it's, it's hearing the different instruments playing together. Whereas when I'm playing it, like, yeah, I'm playing these instruments and I'm playing it to the same thing. It's not different minds playing to the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, Does that, does that make sense? Like I, yeah, it's funny. I've 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 had a a couple other artists on the podcast and he, try this on for size. Uh, some people say there's like a communication that goes on beyond physical speech. There's an energy. There's there's a vibe when you play with other people. That there's some kind of common thinking and communication that goes on. That that yeah yeah one hundred percent. Oh okay, so that that's true for you too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and it's it's funny because I've sat in my studio by myself here you know, during quarantine and trading files with people. And I love trading files and writing new music during the uh, self-isolation as, as we call it. But uh, there's definitely something missing when you're not in the same room with people sometimes. Yeah. So looking forward to getting back to that at some point. Definitely. So, so Russell, I'd like to dive in a little deeper into, you know, your new solo work here. Maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, some of the tracks and, uh, the process and what they mean to you and what, what you'd like the audience uh, listening to, to know about these tracks. Yeah. So, uh, so the first song, um, what I decided, what I decided to do with this album was I had a bunch of recordings on my computer from a night when Carly and I had a party and a bunch of people came over and my boy Lucky was playing drums Uh, Mike Glessner was playing bass and I was playing guitar. Mm -hmm. There were other people playing throughout the night, but these, this specific song and two other uh, like skits or interludes on the album Mm -hmm. are from this same kind of session. There was like a, there was like a 15 minute track on my computer that I sat and I listened through all of it. Mm -hmm. And I found certain spots that I wanted to, cut this out that I was like, Oh, that's really good. Like, I, I really like this. You know, I, I want to use this on the album. Mm-hmm. So the intro is, uh, it's called jams one. Uh, there it's like Roman numerals and in parentheses, 32nd revolution, um, kind of the title track, I suppose, but it's just kind of like a real quick, um, just fade in fade out of us like really really jamming and there was something that we were really rocking on Mm -hmm. that i just really liked and i feel like when you start with that song it kind of makes it seem like you're you're kind of jumping into a a party that's already going on and like you're you know it starts and you're like oh okay cool like i'm there i'm ready and then you know later in the album there's there's another interlude with that uh cut from that same uh from that same session mm-hmm. and then and i actually rap over that one uh as well as a third one which is the outro to the album and then the way it works is the way that the outro ends is if it's you know if it's you're listening on spotify and it's on repeat it kind of flows right back into the intro mm. and then it kind of makes it you know brings you right back in and you're 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 right back into it you know very cool. Who doesn't want to be at a party like the uh, at the rabbit hole or the old two wash days? It sounds like you're that stepping is, right into that. That is exactly right, K Mac. It's funny. I was listening to uh, an interview by another band who was talking about they they always put a prelude track at the beginning that makes you feel like a '60s show where you're stepping into another 
dimension to like <laughs> kind of get okay. you uh, <clears throat> acquainted with what you're going to step into as, as this. But I, I'd love this, this. The party vibe sounds really cool. I can't wait to hear that. Thank you. That's um, I, I'm excited to the, honestly like those the the two the two songs that happen later in the album that are me rapping over those sessions yeah. are some of my favorite ones. Like there's one in there you were asking me about uh kind of how I got into music and and uh, I, I was talking about like doing drama club and all that stuff and one of those one of those uh one of those songs I basically just rap that whole story is hmm. is kind of what I you know what I decided to do with one of them and just the way that it the way that it worked out made me I don't know I just really it it felt really special since I was talking about something so personal you know oh exactly yeah was that a freestyle experience or did you have to kind of work on it a bit um no it was definitely something that I had it was something that I had written before mm-hmm. uh that when I heard the recording that I had on my computer of us when we were just jamming that night, as soon as I heard it, it immediately made me think of this, this verse that I had written. And I was like, Oh snap, like that's the one I need to go find that. And I went and found it and I just went with that. <laughs> well, you know, what's really fascinating to me about your process is, uh, you know, a lot of hip hop guys are, are building beats on desks with NPCs or, you know, technology for those listeners that aren't familiar with recording technology but this this came out of a jam this was out of people playing live in a room yeah which is different and i I think that's kind of fresh yeah and it's not like i didn't i didn't sample it or anything like i i wrapped over top of the live recording like it's just Mm -hmm. it's completely raw like i don't think it's completely on time you know like it definitely it definitely goes slightly off but it just i don't know it's that that's that's one of my favorite things to do is just get together with a couple with a few musicians and just like right. jam like jamming is so much fun indeed like back to what you were saying about like the unspoken energy or whatever like i it, it's definitely there like you know <clears throat> and it's it's some it's something special for sure yeah and i think those human things that sound like mistakes that that aren't you know air quote on the grid when people quantize things in pro tools yeah. or whatever whatever logic whatever software you're using I think that's what makes that's what's missing from music today. So I'm excited to hear uh, how you guys work with that. So I'm really interested in some of the words and you know what what, what you're talking about. Some of the songs. Do you want to speak to some of the the meanings and the lyrics? Yeah, yeah. So like with uh, with this one with limes, um, uh, I, I was really excited to get other people involved. So in the chorus, uh, it was like a you know it's like a call and response. And I was able to, even during the quarantine, send it out to people um, and get them to record their part. So it's when life gives you limes uh, as my part, then the the call and response is make tacos, make, make make tacos, tacos, as Carly (laughs) helped me out with. So like I I, I was able to get um, I was able to get recordings, you know, from a bunch of people um, and some of which I'm super excited about all of which I'm super excited about. It's just, it, it's cool to have, you know, friends that are willing to take part in it. And even in this weird time, have the ability to take part in it, you know, have the microphone and the setup to record it and send it over. So that's, you know, that's the, 
that's the chorus of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of like I was saying, it's, it's, it's a, it's a song about hand dealing with time the best way possible. Like you only get a certain amount of time in your life. Every person, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, you only get a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you need to use it the right way. And it, it like I, I had written this. Uh, it looks like the last time I edited the notepad on my phone was November of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I had written it a while ago, but I feel like it's it's pretty pertinent to what's going on right now. But the the first few lines of the song are, we only got one life to live. And while I know it's really nice to sit, kick back and relax for a bit. As the world turns, it's going to shit. So let that be the fertilizer. Fertile minds sprout buds behind the synthesizer. So it's just like, I know that right now is not great. And like, everybody agrees with that. But even though it's not great, like let that inspire you to do something else. I don't know. Let let that be the fertilizer to, I don't know, do something like do, do something with it to use your time and write a song. Maybe, I, I don't know. No, those are so wise words. Wise words. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's kind of the, the message behind that, <clears throat> behind that song. And I feel like it's, it's cool that it had been written, you know, a few, many months ago and it, it, it's still something that right now it seems like I wrote it yesterday and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you better <laughs> like use your time. Right. It's quarantine. You know, like I, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it makes me feel good that I'm writing, that I'm writing a song that is still pertinent a few months later. And I don't know. No, just it, more, more, more to the time thing, you know, time, mm-hmm. like it's time is moving. And I'm, I'm glad that I wrote a song that at one point in time made sense to me. And even at this point in time, it still makes sense. And hopefully it makes sense to other people too. I think you, you, you sent a measure, uh, a message of empowerment that says basically, you, you know, we are all created equally. We all only have time. So it's how you spend it. And, you know, you can look at, the lemons or the limes, as you said, and make tacos, or you can cry about you only have citrus fruit in your house, you know? So I, that's absolutely right. But, but I honestly think that most of the music I've heard you do in, in all your different solo and band incarnations generally have an empowering and upbeat energy to them. So, uh, you know, thanks man. I, I feel like that's a, that's a really, that's a really strong compliment. Like I, I definitely try to, try to convey, you know, like a happy attitude and, mm-hmm. and tell people to be positive and things like that. So I'm, I'm glad that that, that that carries through. Well, it's certainly what I, what I got out of many of your, uh, your projects. So appreciate that. So let's, uh, let's jump. Uh, do, do you want to talk about any of the other songs on this, uh, project? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone that I want to like dive into specifically, but just to, to talk about, you know, the rest of it as a whole, if that's okay. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> so like, you know, I, they're, they're, like I was saying before, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of talking about how time affects people and mm-hmm. talking about the past, even like there, there's a song that I wrote that 
was about that's about my grandfather. Uh, rest, and, his, rest his soul, man. What a great guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you, K Mac. That's I very know. nice. Pop, pop was pop was something. Um, so the the song I, I actually released that song on his birthday, which uh, if you go on my Facebook on the Russell K page, uh, Q U E with the question marks. Um, the song called pop and it just, you know, just talks about my grandfather Mm -hmm. and that, that was what we called him. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's one of the most personal songs I've ever written easily. Um, I, I, I would even be inclined to say it's the most personal song I've ever written. Um, he he passed away in December of 2018. Right. And I recorded I I this song was the first one that I recorded for this new album and I don't think I recorded it until September or October. Um I just I don't know after, you know, after losing him, mm-hmm. um he was he was a really big presence at shows yep. and stuff like that. Like, as you know, and as I feel like most people who came to see me play knew, mm-hmm. um, he was always there. And <laughs> in the song, one of the lines I say is, uh, my pop closed more bars than prison guards. <laughs> and, you know, he was always there, you know, he, he was there, we would play at midnight and he was there. But anywho, um, that's that's by far my favorite song on this new album. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about, you know, being able to put that out and just uh like I was saying, it's it was the first song I had written in about six or seven months after you know, all of the things that had gone on with him passing away and uh, just life, you know, as as it happens. Um, making that song, recording that song, just doing the whole thing was like breaking the dam. Mm-hmm. And it was like breaking the dam of writer's block that I was feeling after losing him. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I think that that's a really special song. That's that's later in the album, um, and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm really happy that I'm able to put that onto a project that the whole world can hear. Well, he was a special man, and I raise a glass, three high fives to to pop. Yeah, man, <clears throat> he was something. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, I, I think that those sometimes are the songs that um, most people can relate to because they may not go through the exact experience that you had, but they uh, they can certainly feel what you're... I, I could hear it in your voice. I was feeling it with people I know who are no longer with me. And, um, you know, it's it's deep stuff we all go through. Yeah, and I, I, I tried to do it as... I tried to do it as a positive song. You know, it's not it's not a sad song. Like it's right. It's a happy, it has, it's a very, like when I wrote it, it's very major, 
you know, like there's no minor, there's no minor chords in it. It's very, it's very happy. It's very up. It's very major. Sure. It's, but the, you know, but what I was saying, it's very heartfelt, you know? Yeah. It sounds to me almost more like a celebration of a great life than lamenting. That's exactly what end. it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's a deep one, man. I appreciate you uh, opening up and, t- and telling everybody about that. That's yeah, no doubt. Um, is is there um, anything else you'd like to say about that particular song, or um, just uh, <laughs> I'll just explain one anecdote out sure. of the song, if that's okay. Go for it. So, oh man, <clears throat> so the funniest thing in the song. Um, I talk about a scenario where my grandfather encountered Kathy Orr, mm-hmm. the weather person. Are you familiar with the weather woman, Kathy Orr? I've heard tell, but I'm not that. I mean, I think she was on. I think she was on CBS or one of, like three, six, or ten. You like know, one, one of those. Like stations. one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So she would do or at the shore. And she would always appear in Wildwood, New Jersey, or mm-hmm. wherever New Jersey, all at the shore, and do weather forecasts. She'd do a shorecast, Kathy Orr at the shore, a whole thing. She's and no dummy. She got to put, do a sweet gig at the shore every weekend. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So my grandfather could not stand Kathy Orr because she was a weather person, and she was never right. right. Because weather people are very often incorrect. And oh my gosh. <laughs> Stock pickers and weather people. Sorry, I got a I got a ding in my ear from my computer. Excuse it's, me. It's all good. Um, You're a popular guy. Okay, so so Kathy Orr would do weather forecasts at the shore during the summertime. And one year we were down at we were down in Wildwood. I always go down there every mm-hmm. year in August with my family and we were there. It was like me, all of my cousins, everybody's there. And my grandfather was like, if I see Kathy or I am going to tell that bitch that she does not know what she's talking about. <laughs> and she is so bad at telling her, I am going to tell her. And we were like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so funny. So we're out, we're there. We're like, Oh my God, he's walking up to Kathy or what is he going to do? He walked up to her and he was like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Can can we take a picture? My grandkids are going to take a picture. And he's looking at us and he's smiling. And we were like, what the hell is he doing? Like, we thought that he was going to go up there and yell at her about how bad that she does on the on the TV. And she's just like, nope, you're the best. <laughs> like, it was that that so I I I reference that in the song and I feel like that's that's like a really funny memory and every time you know as I listen to the song while I'm like working on mixing and mastering the album mm-hmm. when I get to that song I'm kind of like okay I know that one sounds okay I can skip it <laughs> like I I don't need to feel all of that this time again <laughs> right uh, you know it's it, I guess you got a little starstruck or. I don't know what it was, but it was so funny. We all gave him such a hard time, and he was like, oh, my God, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. I always tell you I love her. What do you mean? We were like, no. Like, what? 
That's hilarious. Uh, you know, and it sounds like what a great time to think about the shore too. Like having that, hopefully we get some time to do that again soon. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, that was a cool story. First of all, it was very personable. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that song, even though you, I understand why it might be difficult for you to listen to it a few times. I've mixed and mastered a few albums myself and it's hard enough to go through it when it doesn't drag you. If you, uh, if you, if you go on my Russell K page, I actually, I've posted that song. So you'll be able to hear it. Oh, I'll check it out. Thanks. Yeah. It's on there. Cool. So, uh, other songs on the album, are there any others you want to speak about or is there's a song that's, uh, it's called Suit Up. Mm-hmm. And it's about, uh, you know, the saying, they say that you should dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. Mm. So, like, the, it, it's kind of like, it's just like a joke, like... Fake it till you make it kind of thing. Well, no, no, but not not quite that. But it's, it's, okay, they say you should dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. So, like... That's why I have all of these superhero t-shirts <laughs> and all of these comic book shirts like that. That's what that's the job that I want. So that that's what I talk about. I talk about like wanting that job, you know, like wanting wanting to be that. And I, I'm really excited. So to go back just for a second, like I was saying, I have I was able to get everybody to send me uh, vocals for the Lime song. Right. So I'm going to have, you know, a bunch of guests on that song. But then on this one, on Suit Up, the uh, uh, this song, I was able to get Carly, my fiance, my wonderful, amazing fiance, <laughs> that's over here drawing a picture of me while I'm interviewing right now. Um, she sang on this song. Oh, cool. uh, she sang on this. She sang on a total of two songs. And she played keys on another song. But I'll... I'll get to that later. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, but like I was saying, the song is just about, you know, uh, don't, you know, if you're not happy with where you're at, just get happy. Like, just be there. I don't know. <laughs> no, it makes if a lot of sense. Don't dress for the job that you want for the job that you have. So mm-hmm. put your, put your Superman shirt on and you're not going to be bulletproof, but you you might feel a little bit better. So, so that- and then, uh, what were you saying? No, good. I was going to say, then the next one is like, so I really like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by Dr. Manhattan and the way that he talks mm-hmm. and the way that he perceives time. So he like, he exists at different times all at once. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm talking to you, Kevin, but I'm also talking to me and talking to you, Kevin, three years from now mm-hmm. when we're hanging out. Very quantum you know what I mean? physics, like very quantum physics, multidimensionality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 like, I, I tried to write a song thinking of, I, I tried to write a song from that point of view. That's cool. From the point of view of not really, not really perceiving time mm-hmm. as a normal person does. Mm-hmm. So, the, the first line is, I move independent of the fourth dimension. And like the fourth dimension is supposed to be time. Of course. Yeah. So, and it's, it's funny. Like I kind of, sometimes when I write songs, I realize what they're about after I write them. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. It does. So the line, 
I move independent of the fourth dimension. Like when I was first writing it, I thought like, yeah, I'm just writing from the point of view of like a Dr. Manhattan. But after I was done, I realized that I was writing from the point of view of the song. Mm -hmm. So like the song is saying, I move independent of the fourth dimension because I only exist at this time. So like the time that this song is recorded and was being done, that's the time that I that I exist at. But I will continue to exist at any time because anytime anyone plays this song, they'll be able to they'll be able to hear it and you'll exist like it's kind of it, it, it was kind of putting the idea of the way that Dr. Manhattan perceives time mm-hmm. into the perception of a song, if that makes sense. Yeah, they both fed each other in, in a way, but and there's a whole rabbit hole of no offense uh, to, to borrow. A no, time I'm not your, taking. Which, but there's a whole ra- <laughs> there's a whole rabbit hole of uh, you know, do we really exist in multi dimensions and all time is just an illusion to make people pay the thirty year old mortgage kind of thing? You know, right? It's crazy stuff. Right. So, so that that Doctor Manhattan thing's really cool. Are there other superheroes that are your favorites that inspire you, or Ooh. too many um, to mention? My my favorite superhero is definitely the Green Lantern. Okay. Uh, I love the idea that he he's selected by like this cosmic force mm-hmm. that just knows that he's a good guy, and then he goes, you know, to the people that gave him the ring, right? And he disagrees with what they're saying, and they're like, "No, you're wrong." And then at the end of that issue, it still turns out that he was right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yes. like, he's this the the Green Lantern. All of the different versions. There's there's Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Simon Baez. Like, there's mm-hmm. there are many different people who get the ring. Right. But I think that there's something so cool about getting that ring and being told, hey, you need to uphold what's right. Mm -hmm. Like there are going to be people who tell you this is what's right, but you need to know the difference between good and evil. Like I, I think that there's something really special about the Green Lanterns need to know the difference between good and evil and the fact that his power is based on will. So it's just, what will you do? Like, what can you do? What do you think will be? What can you will into existence? I, I think that there's something really special about that. I think that that makes like, you you know, you will a song into existence the way that Green Lantern wills a, a, a bulldozer into existence with his ring. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's you, you will what you feel and you hope that other people see it and experience it the way that you do. Well, it almost sounds like I hear an inspirational and an empowering theme through that song and the, and the, the Lime song, which is basically, uh, you know, you have a choice of how you spend your time and, and what you do, what deeds you do in your time. And exactly. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty timeless, deep stuff you're talking about here, Russell. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's all about using you, you like you only have your time, so you can do with your time what you want to. Yeah, indeed. Um, 
So, um, any other superheroes come to mind, or is that Green Lantern's number one, not a number two? I mean, Green Green Lantern is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's kind of <laughs> Kevin, I I could go on this, I could go on this for hours, but one one hero that uh, if I could have a two part answer, sure to go off of green lantern one thing that i love about the green lantern mythos is that there's also other color lanterns Mm -hmm. so there's there's a blue lantern that's the blue lantern of hope and that's like those are people who use their ring that they want to only instill hope like they're only there to help people they're not there to hurt anybody. Their their mm-hmm. ring does not work as a weapon. It only works as a way to help other people. And I think that things like that are, are very interesting. Like the fact mm-hmm. that they incorporate all of these different things and just the emotional spectrum with the Green Lantern. So if me personally, if I was to have a lantern ring, I do believe it would be a blue lantern. And when... Uh, when Carly and I do eventually get married uh, right now we're, we're engaged, but I have a wedding band that has the blue lantern insignia on it. Cause like, I feel like that's, you know, that's, that's something that I believe in. It's hope. Like that's, that's important. You have to have hope. If you don't have hope, like what, you know, <laughs> what do you, what do you have? That's very but, cool. Uh, very cool. Um, But then the last, but the last superhero, that I, I would like to bring up. This is not because I feel like I am mm-hmm. that superhero, but it's just my favorite to read about. His name is Animal Man. Shit is great. This is a guy. He's got he's got the powers of every animal on earth, mm-hmm. right? And he's got all these powers. And if you read his 80s comic book run, which is amazing, written by this author named Grant Morrison that I really like, um, it, it's 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 this like esoteric meta, just crazy romp through the superhero world. And it's everything that I wish that I could write, but I never would be able to. And I just think that enough people don't know about Animal Man. So I wanted to mention that that was all. Yeah, that's a new one for me. So thanks for turning me on to that. I'll check it yeah, out. Yeah, man, read, read, read some Animal Man comics. Will do. Absolutely. Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker. real name. Mm-hmm. Just keep keep that in mind, K Matt. I got it front of mind, and it's recorded now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, good. Uh, Put that on wax. Yeah, right. Uh, so we've covered the record a little bit. Is there anything you wish we talked about about the record that uh, we haven't yet? Yes. Uh, I reached out to my friend Seth Paula, mm-hmm. who is an artist, a magnificent artist. Um, he did the artwork for the less than five album picnic on the moon. Um, and when he did the picnic on the moon work, we were, you know, it's great. Like he, obviously he was a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, he's known Carly for a very long time. He designed the t-shirts and the koozies for less than five. And also the album artwork for picnic on the moon. Right. Um, the, Work that he so I I like texted him and was like, hey man, I'm working on this album. I got a couple songs done. Would you be interested in drawing me artwork? Um, 
I have a couple of comic books that, you know, the color schemes are in mine. Would you be interested in doing that? And he was like, yeah, you know, send me the picture that you're thinking of and send me what comic books. So there was this picture that Carly took of me when we were at Brandywine Creek State Park. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, beautiful place. On that, uh, on that trail, there's a spot where you can go down to the creek. And one of the trees leading to the creek just has a circle hole in it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's this perfect, it's almost, I, I, w- I would be willing to say that it's perfectly symmetrical. Okay. Like it's a circle just in the middle of the trunk of this tree. So Carly snapped a photo of me, you know, through this tree and that was the one that I sent to Seth and I was like, Hey, can you draw this? You know, do, do make it look like this picture, but in this comic book mm-hmm. is basically what I did. And he sent it back to me and I was just like, yes, this is exactly it. Like, yeah, this is, this is incredible. Like he was already one of my favorite artists. Like I, I love everything he's drawn. He's, he has multiple pictures hanging up in our house. Mm-hmm. There was there's a picture, like I was saying, the one that he did for less than five, but then there's a one that he did with Action Bronson coming out of Ghostface Killa's headphone. Oh, wow. And like it kind of looks like me because I'm like a, a white guy with a red beard. Right. So in the picture it relatively resembles me. So he was like, yo, would you want this? And I was like, holy shit, yes. Yeah, what do you like, think? Like, yeah, right? give me that. <laughs> so that's hanging up in our house, you know. Right. And like. Sweet. I'm I'm really excited. So over the next five weeks on Saturday, I'm going to release a new song. And then I'm going to release a progress picture to the final product of what Seth drew. Mm-hmm for the album then that that that's what i'll put out on the fifth week mm-hmm. with a song so like i did quarantine dreams yesterday yep and if you go to the russell k facebook you'll see that there's like a a a, a rough sketch is the profile picture that's the stage one ah. of the progress for the the album artwork i did notice and that then now it it's going to come out every week now that now that makes more sense i did notice that and i was wondering hmm, what's going to happen there Yeah, so every week, uh, starting yesterday, it's going to get updated. Okay. You know, so then next week I have a song that I'm going to put out that I wrote about my lovely fiance, Mm -hmm. Carly, that, uh, that I use, uh, I, I was, I was listening to some roots. I love the band, the roots. Yes. And, uh, I was listening to a song called distortion to static and, I really like the drum pattern, the drum beat. So like I just, I, I sampled the drums and then I played some keys mm-hmm. and I played bass over top of it. And I, I just kind of made something different. I wrote, uh, it's like, a, it's just like one long verse, but it's still like two minutes long. So mm-hmm. like, it's like a, you know, it's like still like song length, but it's not, uh, it doesn't have like song hook, like uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's just like one long verse. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Cool. I can't wait to hear that when it comes out and drops. Um, like, look forward to seeing the art as it unfolds in real time. And uh, 
Yeah, that's, uh, I noticed you guys also had like a kind of, a, I think there was a flamingo theme on the less than five, if I get, or a bird, wasn't there? That is true. Because, so, Seth, Seth Pala, the guy that I was just talking about, the artist, mm -hmm. when he drew the logo for our t-shirt and our koozie, mm -hmm. it's a flamingo. Right. Where the leg is the less than symbol, mm -hmm. and then the flamingo's head and body is the five. So symbolic and bird-like beautiful. All in one. Exactly. Yeah. It's symbolic and bird-like beautiful. That is exactly how I would describe it, K-Mac. Are there any other songs you want to talk about on the end of this CD here, or...? There's, you know, there, there's a song on there that's about um, how music can take you places, uh, you know, about the idea of, you know, listening to a song and you can feel like you're somewhere else. Uh -huh. So it's called Travel Agent. So it's just about, you know, helping people go to somewhere else. Um, that's way cool. Then, like I was saying, there's there are a total of three interludes mm -hmm. that are the uh, from that that session mm -hmm. of us just jamming one night. Right. Um, there is a song about being. <laughs> there's a song about know it alls. <laughs> so about like, I don't think that I've ever been the smartest person in any room that I've ever been in. Because I feel like I can always learn something from somebody. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you ever think that you're the smartest person in the room, you're you're wrong. And I feel like you're you're ignoring someone or fooling yourself. So, yeah, exactly. So I wrote a song called Smartest Person. That's about that idea. And it kind of has it has two long verses mm -hmm. from the point of view first of the person who thinks they're the smartest person in the room. Right. And then the person who knows that they will never be the smartest person in the room because they're just trying to listen to other people and they're trying to absorb all the information, you know? So mm -hmm. that's, I, I guess I feel like if I could, if I could think of a theme for the entire album, mm -hmm. it's just about time and people. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, man. And uh, I, I actually have to give some thought to that uh, smartest person in the room thing. Yeah, once the once the song is done, I hope you you know listen to it and check it out. Cool. Well, um, you know, um, I really appreciative that you talked about you know a lot of the songs on the uh, the new project. If you... yeah, man, thank you for giving me a place to talk about them. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, so so um, one other question I like to ask people is if you could go to any famous recording artist past present alive dead or other person for advice on your musical career who would you tap into and have dinner or you know sit down and have a picnic with or a barbecue whatever i think that i would have dinner with quest love and black thought from the roots great answer why, why would like you choose I would, them i think that musically speaking they are the hip hop artists that I would most like to emulate. Mm -hmm. Like they are really, wow. Really in every, in every sense, like they, they're famous, but they're not, they never sold out to make a hit. Mm -hmm. Like they always, 
it when they got when they got famous, it was for being them. And that's why I love it. Like I love how genuine the roots are. Right. The roots are definitely my favorite band. And there's something to me, there's something so special about the fact that they continuously just did jazz hip hop that was not super big in the mainstream. Like there was a there was a very small window where jazz hip hop was super big in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And that was when the roots had a song called what they do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, it was big on MTV jams and like, it was a whole thing, but things kind of died down for a little bit. Then when I was in high school, I heard the album phrenology by the roots, which was the album that had the seed 2.0 with Cody chestnut. And that like, that has always been, a huge moment. Like I was just like, Oh shit. Like you could like, this is, this is straight hip hop. What a, what a rock band. Like this is, this is, this is something that can happen. So I, I saw the roots mm-hmm. play live one time when I was at a Dave Matthews band concert with my sister hmm. and the roots were the opening act. And then quest love and black thought came out and guessed and like featured during one of the songs during the Dave Matthews set. And like Black Thought was up there freestyling while Dave Matthews was playing. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like this is the combination of the Hmm. two things that I love the most. I love music and I love the way that this dude is rapping. Like this is incredible. Like I, I I need to do this. Like this is the music that... I want to make. I want my music to sound like this. Mm-hmm. I want it to sound like a combination of up there on stage jamming and also up there on stage just like rapping, like just punchlines. And if you you have to hear what I'm saying, like if you can't hear what I'm saying, you don't you don't get. I don't know. You don't get it. Like if you you have to hear at least a little bit of the words that I'm saying to understand how great this is. And I feel like that's something that. I've really learned from listening to the roots. And if I could sit down and just have a day where like I hung out with quest love and, and black thought, like that would be nuts. That, that would be, that's the dream to me. Like that would be incredible. No. And it, it, it actually, it makes a lot of sense, you know, looking back at how you perform and you've always had the acoustic guitar, but you've always been, you're one of the best rappers I've ever seen. I mean, and so it's it's Thank it's you, it's interesting how you weave that all together because it was always very fresh because I hadn't really heard anybody else do that kind of thing before Thank you. you. Are there other rappers that um or or you know artists that inspired you that you put yourself on a spot a file list with or that you take influence or inspiration from? Oh man, I mean, friend like I ha- I have a bunch of friends you know that uh when I, you know, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school and freshman in college and, you know, early years, even before I started playing in a band, like, you know, my, my friend smooth, mm-hmm. uh, Marv live, uh, Leo, like there, there's, there's a bunch of people that I would hang out with and we would just have these nights where, you know, we would just be hanging out and drinking and at, after you know one thing happens and then all of a sudden somebody puts on some music and it's an instrumental and there's you know four or five of us in the room that rap 
mm-hmm. and it just turns into like a cipher and we're just, you know, we're going back and forth. And I feel like that's, that's like, that's really where I got my start, like rapping and stuff, you know, like really being into the idea of rap and the sport of it. And mm-hmm. like the, just the, the action of going out and being around a bunch of people. And like during that time, you know, uh, I, I, I encountered a bunch of people like there, there was a bunch of time when I was hosting open mics at Mojo right. and I met even more people like there's, you know, there, there are a bunch of different levels to that. Well, that's cool. It sounds like a very organic thing too, that you got from, you know, interacting with people that are badass artists, but that are, you know, regional local kind of people as opposed yeah, to, I think, I think that, I think that I got really lucky. Mm-hmm. because I happened to meet a bunch of people around this. Like when I was starting to do what I was doing, I happened to meet a bunch of people who were also really good mm-hmm. at what I wanted to do. So like, my, like I was saying, my, my friend smooth, like I've known smooth for 15 years, at least I've made sure that he was involved in every project that I've ever done. He was on Weekday Warriors albums from the very beginning. He was on a solo album that I've done. Like he's, I've done, I've done records with him. Like he's just a dude that we got started rapping around the same time. Right. And it just clicked. Like we don't, we don't rap the same way. We don't have a similar style at all, but we're able to get on the same song and make it work. And I think that there's something really special about that, like having friends that you're able to do that with. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been able to do that with my friend Fred, my my boy Freddie G's, like me and him. Anytime I send him a song, he's able to do whatever I'm trying to do, and and I'm able to rap over whatever kind of beats he sends me. And I feel the same way about my boy Marv. Like we we've just been able to like I was saying, we've known each other for a really long time. We've, we came from those parties where we were just super drunk and like rapping about what was around us. Like, Oh, somebody's got a can in their hand. Like, it was just like real simple, like observational, easy freestyle. Yeah. Like observational shit like that. But like it turned into making really good songs. Mm -hmm. And like some of the songs that I have with those guys are some of my favorite songs and like, I'll still listen to them today in 2020. And I'm like, Oh man, smooth killed that. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was gone. Like that, that's, that, that's, that's a, that's a good line. Like, you know, so. Yeah. I remember a few weekday warrior lines, like that seemed observational, like the two wash song. I think it was where you said, is that the cops? Oh shit. It's just Isaac. <laughs> yeah. It's just Isaac. Stop. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's cool. I, I, I'm glad to hear you got, you know, strong relationships and ties and, and local people uh, help, helped you evolve to who you are. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited to like kind of um, help people get to know where they can get your music or is, is there a particular place on the interwebs or the uh, internet that you would like people to, to go to, to hear what you do? Well, um, if you, if you're on Spotify, you know, you can search Russell K Q U E. Um, that will link you to, at this point, two albums. Uh, later in this year, three albums. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Once I release this next one, um, 
you can also search less than five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the band that I'm in with my fiance, Carly and my friends, Mike and Melissa. Right. Um, I, you know, you can search on Spotify weekday warriors, mm-hmm. or you can also search reverse giraffe mm-hmm. and you'll also find some songs that I've, I've done. Um, I feel like really Spotify's, but you know, like that's, if you're looking, that's the best way to go. I know that this podcast is going to be, well, the podcast is going to be on Spotify, right? K Mac. Yeah. It's on Spotify and a few other venues. Exactly. Anchor FM and you can also, Oh, where else? Anchor FM and eventually iTunes, but we're getting through the legalities of that. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully Apple releases some of these legalities and you're able to get it posted on Apple podcasts. Right. Then, uh, you can also find us on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a few different things. There's less than five band. And should you search with the less than symbol or the word less than? No, no, no. Type less than okay. five. Okay, cool. Um, Just want people to get also it Also SoundCloud. Yep. <clears throat> you know, all the, really all the music streaming services. If you search any of my various band names mm-hmm. i think you'll find something <laughs> well cool i just want people um, to get a chance to uh you know be able to get to dig down deep into what you're doing uh, since we talked yeah can i can i can i just say like thank you uh if we're talking about the uh if you're going to search the weekday warrior stuff thanks to kirby for recording it absolutely so that's you know that's the reason why it's there so mm-hmm. he was you know he's in your band Tree Walker. I'm in so, his band. Let's be let's be clear. That's that's <laughs> fair. Okay, you're in his band. Whatever. Yeah. You guys are in each other's band. Each other's is 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 is. Yeah, exactly. You know, as we wrap up the podcast here, if people want to hit you up on social media, they can probably find you the same ways you just described on Facebook and other places. Yeah, yeah. If you go to Instagram, it's uh, at Russell K Q U E. Two S's, two L's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, same thing on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I already, yeah, I guess I already said it. Yeah. You cool. got it. K Mac. Cool. Well, I, I can't thank you guys. Well, both you and your lovely fiance Carly for, uh, spending the time this afternoon to, to do this podcast. Uh, it was great getting to, to know what you're up to and how you're making it through the, these challenging times and some insight into how you make art. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thanks for having me. K Mac.